everybody. So good to see you. I really like it that you guys start with applause, because then even if the message is really bad, I feel encouraged. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Amber, Amber Nguyen, and I am on staff here with Eastside City Church. And normally, I am in with the children right now. I work with the children's ministry. So usually, right about now, I would be jumping up and down, probably uh, doing some sort of motions to the, um, the memory verse, uh, maybe a little head and shoulders, knees and toes, something like that. So this is much more low-key. <laughs> Get to just stand here. Definitely not nearly as out of breath. Um, but this is also, this is new for me. This is the first time I get to be up here and talk to you guys. So I'm really honored and blessed to be able to do this. Now, before I was uh, working with the kids here, um, I was actually a Bible teacher. And uh, I've been a Bible teacher and a missionary for at least 10 years. So th- that's, that's what I did before. Um, and the reason that I tell you that is because it's a little bit important to what we're going to be talking about today. Um, being a Bible teacher, I taught students how to study and read the Bible in context. And it's one of my favorite things to do. So if I get a little excited, you can forgive me for that. Um, but I, I would teach, teach people all over the world. So I would travel quite a bit to different countries, different locations, to teach in different schools which sounds really glamorous, and it is really fun, but I don't know how many of you, pre-COVID, were were big travelers. We have anybody who did a lot of traveling, or anyone who likes to travel. There's a few of you. The more you travel, uh, the more strange situations you find yourself in. Uh, You miss flights, you lose your luggage, um, you are sleeping in... Uh, strange places on buses or in the airport. You get completely lost in a new city in transit. You get stuck sitting in a police station because they lost your passport. Anyone anyone else? No? Just me. Okay. Uh, Strange situations (laughs) tend to happen the more you travel. And even, even when I wasn't flying somewhere to teach, even if I was just driving maybe to, um, to a, a different city, I did a lot of driving to different places to teach as well, I would still find myself in interesting situations. My family has had a joke over the years. It's very kind of them. They've always joked about the fact that I have terrible luck with cars. Um, and I'm telling you this in confidence. <laughs> because no one who knows this will ever lend me their car again. Um, I, I do. I have terrible, terrible luck with cars. I have been in all sorts of strange situations with cars. For example, it, I can give you some advice. If you're going down the road and flames start coming up from under the hood of your car where the engine is, you should pull over to the side of the road. That shouldn't happen. You really, really don't want to be driving like that. Or if you turn on um, the, the key to your car to start the car and smoke starts billowing out of the steering column, you should probably just get that looked at. Um, not, not a good thing. So 
I know what I'm talking about with bad luck with cars. I've been stranded many, many times. And the reason that I tell you that is because all of these misadventures and all of these things that have happened in my life, and I'm sure as things have happened in your lives as well, they, they kind of prepare you for the next time. Uh, I, I'm actually very well prepared in my car now. <laughs> I have all sorts of things in there. I think I have two sets of jumper cables. Um, all, all sorts of kits and things. Uh, if I've got a flat tire, I know how to take care of it. Um, th these experiences prepare us. Uh, they help us to plan. And planning is a good thing. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that today as we get into Proverbs. We're, we're just starting this summer-long series on Proverbs. And, um, and there's quite a bit in the book of Proverbs about planning and being prepared. But before we get into those passages, I, I want to actually mention something about Proverbs. This is very important. Um, uh, how many of you have read Proverbs all the way through? That's actually pretty good. Most of the time, it's not that many. Um, how many of you fell asleep reading Proverbs all the way through? No, just me. Okay. Um, it's, not, it's not like a story, right? It's different from a lot of the other books in the Bible. Proverbs is unique. Uh, it's made up of all these little tiny aphorisms, these, these sayings that kind of, you can piece them together. You can kind of pull one out and say, yeah, look at this great proverb. Um, and, and that's great. They're perfect, perfect size to put on a bookmark or a refrigerator magnet or calendars. Oh, they're great for calendars. How many of you have ever had a Proverbs calendar? Yes, those are awesome. And, and these are great. Um, they're, they're the perfect size to write on, the, on a, like a greeting card or something. If you're looking for an encouragement for someone, Proverbs are right there for you. But actually, did you know, that's not really the way that Proverbs were intended to be read and used. We've been misusing Proverbs all along. But it's okay. Um, even though they're great for just pulling out and saying, hey, look, look at this great little encouragement, this great little proverb. They're actually not supposed to be read that way. We see Proverbs often as the fast food of the Bible. It's like the McDonald's of the Bible. You get a quick bite. You can go through the drive-thru. You don't even have to go inside. But in reality, Proverbs are, are just packed full of meaning and truth. And they're, they're actually much more like the ingredients you would put into a slow cooker. I don't know if any of you guys ever had a mom who would put a big old pot on the stove that would just be simmering all day long. Anybody else? And you could smell it. Or it's like that, that turkey that's roasting in the oven and you just you can smell it all through the house even before it's done. Proverbs are a little bit more like that. They're supposed to be simmered. They're supposed to be mulled over in your mind reflected on, chewed on for a while. And there's a reason for that. Because if we, if we aren't careful, Proverbs are actually, like much of the Bible, 
kind of dangerous. How many of you knew that the Bible was dangerous? How many of you are afraid to raise your hand because it sounds kind of blasphemous? <laughs> okay. Uh, the Bible is dangerous, and let me tell you why. It's powerful. It's a powerful book. I'm sure most of you already figured that one out. And it's, it's dangerous because it invites us to really think about hard questions. It invites us to look at difficult things. The Bible doesn't shy away from hard questions. We do, but the Bible doesn't. And, and that can be uncomfortable. It can be dangerous. And we're going to look at that a little bit as we, uh, as we go through some Proverbs today. So, as I mentioned, I like to plan. Um, I'm quite a planner, and I always have been. Even from childhood, I have loved planning. I like being prepared. I don't like to be caught off guard. Uh, so, so I've always been one for researching and, and planning things out. I am that person that actually, it pro I probably enjoy planning my vacation almost as much as taking my vacation. I know that's weird. But, but I love planning. I, like, I have a plan A, plan B, C, D. Uh, you can keep going. I like to know that every base is covered. And I like lists. How many of you like lists? Let's see. There's a few of you. First service was list makers. Let me tell you, all our list makers were in that service. Uh, but I love, I love having a good list. I love checking off things from my list. Good stuff. And for me, I always thought of uh, Proverbs 16.3 as a, a promise for my life. It says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Mm. For me, that was just, that's gold. Uh, there's another one, Proverbs 21.5. It says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Good plans, they're important. It says so right there in Proverbs. And so if I'm following God, if I'm diligently seeking him and I'm making good plans, everything's supposed to go right, right? Amen? How many of you have been alive for more than two minutes and know that everything doesn't always go right? But what happens when it doesn't? What happens when, when you work and you dream and you plan and you do everything right and your plans fall apart anyway? Are the Proverbs wrong? See, they're dangerous got to think about these things. There's another proverb that says, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. What happens when an innocent life is cut short? What happens when the wicked prosper? Where's the truth? Where's that proverb when these things happen? Now, like most of you already figured out, things don't always go the way that we plan. But that doesn't mean the Proverbs aren't true. That's the thing about Proverbs. That's why they're dangerous. That's why we have to look at them and see, does this fit in this situation? 
Uh, and, and maybe this is going to look different in this situation over here. Proverbs are made to be held up to the light and looked at from different facets, different perspectives. And as you do, you see wisdom really differently. The longer I am a Christian, the more I realize that the Bible is not made up of magical formulas that guarantee that things are going to go the way we want them to, right? Uh, did I just tell somebody that there's no Santa? It doesn't even mean that things are going to go the way we think it should go, we think are right. Um, things fall apart. But that doesn't mean the Bible isn't true. But what does it mean? As I ponder these Proverbs, and these Proverbs, they're, they're observations on life in different situations. And as you kind of think through them, you, you begin to realize that sometimes, maybe, God isn't really quite as concerned about my plans happening the way that they are supposed to. Maybe he's a little more concerned about his plans happening. Amen? Several years ago now, um, my mom got very sick. Uh, she, she had chronic kidney infections, and none of the doctors could figure out what was wrong with her. So we were in and out of hospitals. We saw all these different specialists, um, lots of prayer services. Let me tell you, we, we prayed and prayed for healing, and years, years of not knowing what was wrong. And finally, uh, there was one doctor who said, you know, it's kind of a last resort, but um, why don't we try taking that kidney out? Maybe, maybe that kidney is the problem. It sure seemed like a problem. And so they're like, well, I'll try anything at that point. So they took her kidney out, and she got better. It was amazing. She was back to normal. She had her all her energy again. She was excited about life. And I don't know if any of you have ever dealt with uh, chronic pain or, or known someone who deals with chronic pain, but it can kind of take the energy out of you. Um, and I remember when she got better thinking, wow, it's like she's a different person. This is amazing. And I remember talking to my family. And, and we talked about how isn't it amazing the way that God worked through this situation. Uh, all that pain, all of that suffering, all of that unknown. And now that we're on the other side, we can look back and see, wow, look, look at how God has worked in our life. Um, we, would, we would use that, that proverb, this is a really really familiar one probably to some of you. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Beautiful proverb. Uh, and, and isn't it easier to, to trust God and to see him working when you're looking back? 
um, when things are, are pretty good and, and you're, you're seeing it from the other side. It makes it a lot easier. And so we, we talked about that. We talked about how great it was that God had, had used this in my mother's life, in our lives, in the people around us. We could see, looking back, how this was really God working in our lives. And uh, not long after that, my mom got sick again. Her other kidney started having problems. And we were back to sitting in hospital waiting rooms, listening to doctors say, I'm sorry, we just don't know what's wrong. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Mm. Well, those words sounded differently now. They were a little harder, a little more challenging. See, these proverbs, these proverbs are dangerous. Sometimes they bring up questions. And for me, I had a lot of questions. I had trusted God to heal my mother. And then she was healed for a while, and now she was sick again. And I, I struggled with that for a long time. I questioned God about that for a long time. It was hard for us. It was hard for everybody around us, friends and family. And, uh, and everyone had really well-intentioned advice. You want to talk about some good wisdom? Everyone had their wisdom. Uh, you know, maybe if you guys had just prayed more, then she would, she would be healed now. Uh, you know, I've heard there's this really good specialist over here. Maybe you should go try talking to him. Have you tried the Mayo Clinic? Um, and my all-time favorite, has she tried drinking cranberry juice? That's probably all she needs. All well-intentioned, all people wanting to help. But uh, nobody had answers, right? What do you do when you don't have answers? Everybody's hoping to get wisdom, to give wisdom, uh, but as Pastor Peter was talking about last week, true wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord. You guys remember that? And the fear of the Lord, that awe and wonder in the presence of God, you know, that, that's actually only possible if you know something about who God is. It's a little hard to be in, in true awe and wonder if you don't really know anything about God. And there's actually some really specific things that I have learned that have allowed me to experience the fear of the Lord. And, and once I have experienced the fear of the Lord, this is the crazy thing. It changes how you read these Proverbs. It changes how you uh, understand wisdom. So I want to share with you guys a couple of these things. The first thing, you can get out your pencils, get ready to write. This is going to be, this is going to be a big one. I don't know if you'll be able to remember it. God is big. This tiny, tiny sentence 
could be something we could talk about for the rest of our lives. God is so, so big. Now, when I, when I teach, uh, even when I teach in Bible schools, one of the things I get accused of is saying the obvious sometimes. But the funny thing about this truth is it doesn't matter how many times you've heard it, it's deep. And it's only when you begin to experience how big God is that, that it really means anything. Now, that's great. God is big. Uh, he's bigger than we can comprehend. And, and that's a good thing because if God were small enough for us to understand, do you, do you really think we want to serve him? Uh, do we want to serve a God that we're just about as smart as he is? We might think we're just about as smart as he is sometimes, but, you know, it's a good thing that God is big. And it also means that his plans are big. Another proverb, uh, 19, Proverbs 19, 21, says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Sometimes, sometimes things aren't really supposed to go according to plan. Sometimes there's something bigger involved. So this first thing that God is big, it's, it's crucial, it's important. Um, but all by itself, it's just kind of intimidating. God is big. But uh, that doesn't, doesn't really help us if God is angry and vindictive. So there's a second truth that you, you really have to pair with that first one. God is big, and God is good. How many of us know God is good? Okay, how many of us really know that God is good? I, uh, I had a friend years ago, fellow Bible teacher, who really struggled with this. He'd been teaching the Bible for years, but he really struggled to understand that God is really, really good and had his good at heart. It was hard for him. So we, we can know it, but this is another one. It's got to be felt. It's got to be experienced. Have you experienced that God is good? That's the important thing. So the more we understand these two things, the more we can live in that awe and wonder and fear of the Lord. And and in that fear of the Lord, in that place of the fear of the Lord, we, we're able to hear someone say, trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding, even when our world is falling apart. It sounds differently, but it's still true. And we can trust it because we know God is big, because we know God is good, not because we have any assurance that we will ever understand why. Last year, um, well, for a couple years now, um, my husband and I have been wanting to start a family. And last year, we were able to get pregnant back in November. And we were so excited. And talk about changing your plans <laughs> Nothing like a baby to change your whole future, right? And uh, and we had we had some great plans. We we were uh, there was a 
an ultrasound planned for just a couple days before Christmas, and then we were going to announce it at Christmas to our family. It was going to be great. Um, and then how many of you remember last year? We're here in Calgary, and remember the big snowstorm that we had? Anybody? We try not to remember these things, but it happened. And for us, uh, that snowstorm was bad enough that uh, we couldn't get out of our driveway, couldn't drive anywhere, the day that I was supposed to go get an ultrasound. But I was pretty determined, so I decided I was going to take the bus. <laughs> uh, I'm from a small town, just so you guys know. We don't even have a bus where I'm from, so public transportation is always an adventure for me. So I, I did. I took a bus and a train, and I finally got to my appointment. I was, it was in the middle of COVID, so um, my husband Paul wasn't al allowed to come with me. I was by myself. I was so excited. I got inside, and they said, we're sorry. It looks like your baby is gone. Um, passed away a couple weeks ago. And I was, of course, of course, devastated. I went back out to try and catch another bus to get home. Unfortunately, all the buses were in the ditch. Um, that was a bad day for transportation. Uh, but I, I walked home, it's uh, about a mile and a half, through the knee-deep snow, and all I could think of was, oh, how am I going to tell my husband? What am I going to tell my family? And it wrecked me. It wrecked me for a long time. It's still painful. Trust in the Lord and do not lean on your own understanding. Those words almost hurt in that situation. I don't understand why my baby didn't get to live. I don't understand why my mother still lives in chronic pain. But I'm not up here to depress you guys. What I do understand is that God is big. What I do understand is that God is good and that he has my good in his plan. And I understand that with, without a shadow of a doubt. And it's easier for me to say that now. I've had a little distance. I've had time to walk through things. But I'm telling you, our, our lives are full of situations that fall apart. And I, I just told you about two pretty big ones in my life. But you know what? It's the small ones too. It's when your car breaks down like mine always does. When you lose your job when you have a fight with your spouse or your child or your parent. When those things that you've been planning and dreaming just kind of fall through or go sideways or just aren't quite right. We can only say, trust in the Lord and do not lean on your own understanding if we know who God is and if we know who he is in our life.
towards the end of the Old Testament time, uh, God's people went into exile. They had to leave their country, um, and uh, they were they were out of the country for quite quite some time. And then years and years later, they were allowed to come back and rebuild their country. But there was nothing left. Their cities had been burned to the ground. They had to start completely from scratch. And uh, the Israelites, God's people, they they started by rebuilding their cities and and their homes, and and their temple. They wanted to rebuild the temple. And when they finished laying the foundation for their temple, uh, in the book of Ezra, it says that uh, about half the people looked at that and they they rejoiced. We have have a foundation, a good start to rebuilding the temple. And the other half were weeping because they remembered the old temple. They remembered the glorious temple of Solomon. They remembered the the presence of God coming down in a pillar of fire. And this this was not that plan. This was this was a small temple. It was broken down. It was it was humble compared to what they had before. And so Ezra the book of Ezra says that you couldn't tell the difference between those who were weeping and those who were shouting for joy. It was all mingled together. There was a prophet at this time. His name was Zechariah, and, and he gave a word to the people. And he said, God's got something bigger coming. Um, you're looking at the plan that you had. You're looking at the expectations that you've had. But God's got something so big that you can't even comprehend it. And he starts to tell them about a man who is going to come and sacrifice himself so that each and every person can have the spirit of God dwelling within them. Right? They weren't even going to see it in their lifetime. These Israelites had to trust in the Lord for something way, way on down the road that they were never going to see. But it was a plan that was worth it. God had a bigger plan. And because of that, they wouldn't need a building to go to to be in the presence of God. Because of that plan, every believer has the presence of God dwelling within them. That's a big, big plan. So like the Israelites, we also have a choice. When our plans fall apart, big or small, when our world falls apart, we can fall apart too. We can watch our dreams crumble and we can say this isn't what I signed up for. Like half of those Israelites, we can be crying in frustration, weeping at the broken down plans that, that we thought were so important, that we thought were everything. We can be weeping at the things we don't understand. Or we can be like the other half and we can be rejoicing. We can only do that if we know that God is big and if we know that God is good.
we can rejoice to know that God's plans for us are still good when we don't understand them. We can rejoice knowing that God doesn't waste a single tear. God doesn't waste an ounce of your or my pain. Never. Now that's a promise. We can rejoice because we know that God has not left us with a broken down temple. We have his spirit dwelling in our hearts. We can rejoice knowing that God isn't done with us. That he has more in store for us. So I say all of this because it's real easy. It's real easy to rejoice in the good times. It's real easy to look back and see what God has done. And if that's where you are, that's an awesome place to be. You are blessed. Uh, if that's where you are, you have a ministry. I encourage you that if, if you are in a place now where, you know what, you can see how God has worked in your life and, and you're looking at things and saying, hey, I, I am confident that God has a plan, that God is good, and I, I know that, then you should be sharing that with your brothers and sisters. Because I guarantee you that there's also some of you here who, like me, many, many times, is asking why. Uh, and someone might need to hear that. They might need to hear how God has come through for you. And, and if you are that person asking why, if you are that person who is like, you know, I know that God is good. I think I know that God is good. I know that God is big. I, I, I understand that in my brain, but it doesn't feel like it right now. It doesn't feel like I even know if he's here with me right now. If that's you, I want to pray for you today. And I also want to say that's a good place to be when you're asking God why, because he is the only person who can answer that. We're so afraid sometimes to ask God hard questions. I think we're afraid that he's not going to answer. I think sometimes we're afraid of what he might answer. But truly, that is, that is where he wants you to be. He wants you coming to him when things fall apart. He wants you to ask him to give you that knowledge of his goodness and his grace. So let me just pray for us as we kind of wrap up here. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you that you are big. We thank you that you are good. And Father, we know that your plans, your plans for us are good. God, we know that you see each and every situation in this room right now. Every life every story, all the little things and the big things. 
the plans that, that have slipped through fingers and, and the things that we're actually thinking are going pretty good right now. And Father, we know that you are over all of that. God, we know that you not only see all of that, but you have a plan for all of that, even the tears. And God, we know that your plan is worth the suffering that we have in this life. Father, we know that you are with us. But God, I, I just want to pray for those of us who are questioning right now, for those of us who still wonder, man, how's this all going to work out? Father, I just ask for a divine appointment today that you would just drop into their hearts your truth. God, in a supernatural way, only something that you can do. Father, we can tell ourselves all day long that you are good, but you are the one who has to show that truth, that revelation in each person's life. And so, Father, I, I pray for that revelation. I pray that uh, maybe it's a conversation that they need to have. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's just stopping and spending some time with you. God, whatever it may be, I just ask that you would uh, fill our hearts today, that we would that we would be so sure of your goodness, that we would be so sure of just how big you are in our lives. You can handle anything. And Father, I, I thank you for the opportunities that we have to speak into each other's lives. God, I pray for boldness. Uh, maybe there's some people here who, who need to go and encourage someone. I pray for a boldness for them to do that. I pray for boldness to share our stories, even when it's uncomfortable. Sometimes discomfort is where the healing begins. And so, Father, I just, I thank you for that. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit and that you are with us in this moment now and, and from now on into eternity. In Jesus' name. Thank you guys so much.